creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to Creative Pep Talk, a weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. I'm an illustrator for clients like Apple, Xbox, Lego, and the New York Times. I make this show because I have ADHD and I was born into a world that wasn't built for people with brains like the one I have. And I know for some of us, whether you're neurodivergent or it's some other reason, uh, we were born into a world that wasn't built for people like us in mind. And so we have to be creative to find our way in the world. It's not an option. It's not a nice to have. It's a necessity. And so if that's you, this show is for you. Most of us don't get what we want. You don't get the opportunities that you want the most and you're always too late or you're in a line and the line is so long, you know that the supply available is not going to last by the time you get to the front of the line. And it just feels like a waste of time to stand there waiting for something that will probably never happen. Do you ever feel like that in your creative journey? Like the the jobs that you want, the things that you want to happen in your practice, just too many other people want the same things and you're just stuck in a huge global line that is not moving and will not pay off. And it gets really hard to continue to stand there when you know the supply has probably already run out. But when I look back in my own creative practice, I can see that those lines were often not the thing that was in the way of what I wanted, but were the way to getting something better than what I thought I wanted. And so we're gonna talk about how long lines leading to nothing may be the secret to your next big break and the art of knowing when to stick to things and when to quit them. That's what we're gonna explore in this episode. Let's go. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, AndyJPizza.com if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase.
This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. So step one to reaching dream opportunities that I didn't even know that I wanted is to know when to stick to what you're stuck in. And let me explain what I mean by that. So what do you do when your spirits are low and you're in the pursuit of tasting those dream opportunities? Do you just give up or do you wait around for someone to come find you? When I chose the path of illustration, my dream was to make a living making screen printed band posters for my favorite bands. Like I discovered these indie bands that had this incredible merch when I was in high school and I wanted to be like the designers that were doing that. And that's why I went into illustration. It's why I chose illustration and design as my major in college. But by the time I got a degree and got good enough as a professional to do that work, the whole scene had kind of moved on and become overcrowded. And I remember those moments being super stuck and overwhelmed and, and feeling like I'd completely wasted my college years and I should have done something totally different. And I was stuck in these super long lines of illustrators and designers waiting to work with these bands and my spirits were super low and I just felt like getting out of line and just calling it a day and giving it all up. But what if that dream wasn't meant to be fulfilled? Like what if it was just to get me into those lines where I could find the real dream or at least the next step in my creative journey? That's what really actually happened. It was in those long lines that I found the next piece of the puzzle. Uh, it was sticking in those long lines when my spirits were at their lowest that I got what I was looking for, I actually got something better than what I was after. And it reminds me also of something I saw happen in my older brother's life. He used to be in a lot of long lines waiting to achieve his dreams of having the most epic bourbon whiskey collection around. He got way into the bourbon game at the peak of bourbon mania, which you may or may not have been privy to, but it was a whole thing. It maybe still is a whole thing. He got into bourbon before it kind of popped off in the mainstream like just before but not early enough to score all the bottles that he was after or you know the ones of legend that people are like this thing is the tastiest thing you'll ever taste um and so he he didn't get in early enough to avoid those long lines where the supplies were low and often the waiting didn't actually lead to anything. And so no matter how early he'd wake up, 
no matter how many different locations he would try, he'd get stuck in these long lines. And often he wouldn't get the opportunity to snag what he was after. And it would be easy to feel like he just completely missed his chance and, and feel like just giving up, but sticking with those long lines of competition that were in the way ended up being the key to getting something better than his bourbon dreams because it was getting stuck into those lines where he got stuck into a community. And I don't know if it was literally being stood in those lines or whether it was the metaphorical lines online, people talking about these things in the various communities but I know it was the same people, the competition that was in the way of him getting the thing that he was after. It was those same people that introduced him to something that he loved even more than bourbon. It was where he got the first word about a new spirit that was popping off. That was the next big thing. And it was tequila. And not only was he much closer to first in line with this new thing because of the line that he was stuck in, this new spirit was much more in supply and it was much more his palate than bourbon ever had been. And the same thing happened to me. It was in those communities of gig poster makers that I started to get word of new things happening in the picture book world dream opportunities that were much more my flavor than gig posters ever were. And it was because I was stuck in those lines and stuck into that community that this time I was a lot closer to the front. So if you are in a place where you're in a line and you know the spirits are at their lowest, the spirits are in low supply and you feel like it might be too late What if, like my brother, you quit seeing those long lines as something that you're stuck in as this stiff competition and the reason you need to abandon your dreams, but more as a community to get stuck into and learn from. And maybe if you do that, you can get a shot of something even tastier than what you were originally after. And I think this is a good case for sticking to things and listening to your intuition and and listening to your passion, even when you're going towards something that you're not really certain is going to come to fruition or work out, but getting stuck into those communities and getting more knowledge about the more nuanced opportunities available that are not only in more supply, but more your taste generally. You know, there are so many people that are doing a job that they didn't even knew existed when they were a kid, let alone knew existed when they went to college or even six months ago. And the way that you find those interesting opportunities that are perfectly suited to you isn't by sitting at home and waiting for them to show up. It's by getting stuck in those lines and getting connected to those people that hear about the new opportunities before anybody else. That's how you get closer and closer to the front of lines that you really want to be in. But how do you know when a long line leading to nowhere is an opportunity and when it's a waste of time. I think that level of discernment and that 
ability to know when to give up and when to pivot and when to stick at something is super essential to realizing any of your creative dreams. And for me, that means mastering what Seth Godin calls the dip. Okay, so step two in my path to tasting dream opportunities that I didn't even know that I wanted was to know when to hold and know when to fold. I recently saw a clip of an interview with Seth Rogen, and there was this quote that I thought was just phenomenal, and it was really nuanced, which I think is key, because I think things like do what you love, follow your bliss, they only have one tone. They only have one side of the equation, and in reality, it's always more complex than that, and any kind of core value worth its weight has an acknowledgement of the the true nuance of the world that we find ourselves in. And I felt like this quote from Seth Rogen really did that well. And he said, if you don't quit, and he was talking about pursuing a career in the entertainment world as an actor or, or movie maker or whatever, if you don't quit you might make it. And if you do quit, you definitely won't. And he was kind of getting at the fact that if you don't quit, you might not make it. That's true. But you also might make it. And if you do quit, you definitely won't make it. And so not quitting is definitely a part of the equation. And he talked about Surian McKellen and how in his awareness, he had never heard of this person until he played Magneto in the X-Men movies. And this guy was already well within his life by the time he was in the mainstream media and in the awareness of everyday people. And he was just pointing out like that must have been a long road of not quitting. And so what is the takeaway? Is it just keep swimming? Like no matter what, just keep going, grit, never let go, never surrender. You shall not surrender, kid. <laughs> is that the way that you end up a success story like Surya McKellen? I don't actually think so. I think the idea of just keep swimming isn't nuanced enough to get at a strategy that will work in the complicated reality that we find ourselves in. And so to me, it's not enough to just keep swimming. I think you have to just keep pivoting. Just keep pivoting. Because of course, Surian McKellen was not waiting around for his dream opportunity to play Magneto when they finally made the X-Men movies. I remember when I was a kid, I had a buddy who had a subscription to the magazine. It was called, I think it was called Wizard. And I remember in the 90s, I was in fourth grade and I saw this magazine uh, and my friend showed me this section where they were fake casting 
what it would look like if X-Men was ever a movie. And in my brain, I was like, well, that'll never happen. Like, we'll never have the technology to pull that off. And so, yeah, I'm kind of living a dream that I always wish I would have had, which is superhero movies. And maybe uh, you got to be careful for what you wish for, because I'd like to have other movies as well as superhero movies. I didn't know it was going to derail the whole thing. Sorry for how my hopes and dreams kind of derailed the whole universe of movie making. Um, but I remember seeing that and just thinking it was so cool. But Sir Ian McKellen didn't see that article and think, oh, this is it. I'm going to be Magneto. They, they've totally miscast this. It's got to be me. I'm going to be perfect for it. Of course, I'm not old enough yet, so I'm going to have to wait in the line of aging to be ready, and they're not making these movies, and then I will finally achieve my dreams of being Magneto in the X-Men. No, that's not what happened. That's not what the typical creative journey looks like to reaching your dreams, of course. Like, he wasn't just waiting around, and then he was Magneto and the X-Men, and everybody knew who he was, and then he was Gandalf and all that stuff. No, of course not. He had played lots of other parts, bit parts, character acting parts, parts in the theater. He had tried a bunch of different things and gone where the opportunities led him at that time. And so for me, just keep swimming and just pointing on an uncompromising goal isn't how you move through the creative journey. I don't think it's all Dory, just keep swimming. I like to think of it as a mix of Dory and Ross from Friends. So it's just keep pivoting. Here we go. Down, you know what you gotta do? I don't wanna know what you gotta do. Just keep pivoting. And what it looks like in reality is what Seth Godin calls the dip, mastering the art of knowing when to quit. Because every journey, every new goal, every new dream that you pursue is going to lead to moments where you're stuck in line wondering, is this a time to push through and stick at it? Or is this a time to give up? And I think that the point of that book ultimately is to dispel the myth that winners never quit, but instead that winners never quit quitting. That winners, the people that reach interesting places are the people that stand in line long enough to see where the next opportunity is going to be. And speaking of bourbon, it reminds me of the story of how Instagram became what it became and ended up being sold for you know, a billion dollars or whatever it was. And you might not know this, but Instagram started as a bourbon tasting app that my brother probably would have loved if he was privy to it back in the day. But what happened was while Instagram was trying to wait in line to be the next unicorn tech company that blew up, they realized that the people weren't using their app to rate bourbon they were using it just for the photo filters and instead of continuing and and keeping swimming at all costs and never quitting they quit 
the entire focus of their app and focus down on where the opportunity actually was that they found by standing in that line and trying something. And I think that this gets at why it's essential to stay in line and stick at things even when you know the thing that you're waiting for isn't going to come to fruition, isn't going to be waiting for you when you get to the front of the line. And it's how the dip is synonymous with the gap that Ira Glass talks about in his famous video about taste. And Ira Glass says famously that a lot of creative people get into their creative pursuit because they have good taste and they think they see what's available and they're like, I could do better than that. And they start making it. But their taste that got them into it is the same reason that they give up because when they start creating, they realize that what they're making actually sucks, that there's a gap between their taste and their ability. Now, the reason why I think a lot of people, myself included, are tempted to give up in that gap is partially because we can sense that by the time we get good at this thing, by the time we develop these skills, they may become irrelevant. And that is a very difficult pill to swallow. If you are creating In the world that we find ourselves in, in these modern times, you can feel the sense in which things change and develop and move on super quickly. And it can feel like, why learn any new skills whatsoever? Because by the time you've mastered it, that mastery is irrelevant. But what you can see from the example of Instagram or what you can see from these other creators that have stuck into the community, stuck into those lines that are in the way of them getting what they want. Those people know that instead of sitting at home, doing nothing, waiting for the perfect opportunity to get on something before anybody even knows about it, If you will stick at that thing and you will develop the skills and you will work on it, that by the time you get to the end of that line, yes, the thing you were initially after may be gone, but the skills that you developed and the vantage point that you now have from the community that you've been a part of is going to put you at the start of other lines that don't even exist right now. And so it can be really tempting to give up on something when you're certain that the spoils are already spoiled. But even then, it can be time to stick to that line. And so how do you know when to abandon a thing and when to pivot if it's not even the times when you know the thing you're waiting for is going to be gone by the time you get to the front when do you then jump into another line i think it's about developing a radar for where effort is being rewarded let's talk about that next Step three to reaching dream opportunities that I didn't even know that I wanted 
was to focus on your locus. And I'll explain what that stupid rhyme means. I saw this quote from Nir Eyal, who wrote two books, one called Hooked, Hooked, the other one called Distractable. And so I don't know a ton about this author, but I am uh, I am just a tad bit suspicious because one book is called Hooked and it's about how to make kind of addictive type products. And then the second book is called Distractable and it's all about how to escape addictive products. <laughs> so it's kind of like felt a little bit like, you know, create the poison and then create the cure. But, you know, I'll, uh, I don't know enough to make a judgment about that. So maybe it's maybe it's all well and good. I don't know. But I will say that I was introduced to a idea from him that really hit me hard as a creator. And he talked about how depression really increases when you have high expectations and low control. And it reminded me of a lot of creative journeys. Like uh, the first that came to mind were my musician friends. You know, there are a lot of high expectations in music or at least high possibilities, like how far you can go in the cultural zeitgeist and, and at, be at the center of culture as a musician, like those are the highest heights possible for a creator. And yet those high expectations are matched with this very, very, very low ability to control any outcome. Oh no! I'm ruined! It is, in, from what I can see, akin to just playing the lottery. Like the ability to make it as a musician at any level is just nearly completely out of your control. And so, of course, people that have followed that path that I know have had bouts of real depression because there's high expectations and low control. And I have seen this from time to time in my own creative path. I have seen these directions that I have pivoted towards. You know, even my pivot towards doing screen printed gig posters and why I went to college for that, that was a pivot. That wasn't an original dream that I had. I had had bigger, loftier dreams before that that had nothing to do with illustration and graphic design. And that was a pivot. And somewhere along the way, I realized that I have these big expectations, but the line is so long and my ability to get further in that line, it doesn't matter how, how early I wake up, how much I grind, it's just playing the lottery. I don't actually have any control. My effort isn't going to equal results. It's not going to equal any kind of moving the needle. And what I've noticed is I've started to create a kind of gauge in my mind as I pursue new dreams and new goals to pick up on, is this path, does this path 
have a good balance of expectations and control. Is this a place, this thing I'm pursuing? Are there actions that I know if I show up and do them every day or a few times a week, I know that they are likely to push me forward and get me closer to where I want to be. And when that gauge is out of whack, when I'm realizing that the expectations are going much higher than my ability to control things, that means I have to start switching gears and looking for opportunities to pivot into places where the efforts will start to change the outcomes. And I've realized looking back, the seasons of my creative journey, when I was most depressed and most frustrated were the pieces of my journey where I didn't have any sense that I knew an action that would give me some control of an outcome. And so every single week, we don't want to just show up on this podcast and give you a bunch of cool ideas that make you excited and get your expectations super high without any actions to put them to work and regain some level of control in your creative practice. So we try to give you every single week some kind of call to adventure, some kind of call to action where you can take these ideas and put them to action today. And so today, if you are stuck in a line that isn't moving and you're not moving towards the dream opportunities that you're really after, the action that I want to suggest is one that will help you decide whether you need to stick where you're stuck or pivot to something new. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down one action that you do that you know genuinely moves the needle of you getting closer to the things that you're after. And so if it's my brother and he's waiting to get a bottle of the spirits that he's after, that action might be wake up an hour earlier and get in line and camp out before anybody else gets there. If that action doesn't lead to you getting those bottles, let's say you write that action down and you go try it the next day and you still don't get what you want. If you do that a few times, that action is no longer valid. That level of control is now obsolete. And there may be a whole bunch of other actions. But for me personally, there were times where I knew if I emailed 20 bands, two of them would let me do a poster for them. And then there came a time where it didn't matter how many emails I sent there wasn't any likelihood that any of those opportunities would work out. And so what you need to do, the first piece is write down an action that you know genuinely tends to reward the level of effort that you put in. And it might be a lot of effort for a little bit of an outcome. Sometimes that's what it's like. It's three steps forward, two steps back, and you've got to just keep compounding those things over time. That's okay. That's, I think that's how the creative game works. It's how a lot of things work. You got to 
keep showing up and not every action is going to be rewarded. But if you can't think of one thing in your own control that can help you move towards those high expectations, then the next thing you need to write down, if you can't write down an action, then you need to write down where is an opportunity to pivot from the thing that you're standing in line for now to something that's similar, but has more opportunity. And so maybe all the bourbon bottles are gone, but you've heard that some people are talking about tequila. Maybe all the opportunities in the gig poster world are dried up, but you've heard that some people have pivoted into picture books, or maybe you've heard that all of the spoils for the chill wave scene have been taken and now it's all about lo-fi hip-hop um and chill hop and and what have you um and and you know just keep going forward because each one of those opportunities will dry up at some point and so these are your two options you either write down an action that you know still makes some progress, that still allows you to have some locus of control on the outcome, or you write down an opportunity that you've heard about within that community where the outcomes and the effort are slightly more in congruence. Now, here's the kicker. If you can't, write down any action that you can take that really makes a difference moving you towards where you're trying to go and you can't find any new similar opportunities with better odds, that's when you know that it's time to stick in the line that you're stuck in and keep grinding, keep acquiring skills, keep stuck in the community, listening with your ear to the ground, because all of that effort, even if it doesn't move you towards the thing that you're in line for, it won't be wasted at the time when those new opportunities do arise. And it's your job to continue to keep the faith, keep moving in that creative path, knowing that if you stay stuck in that line, that that line won't be the thing that is in the way of you getting what you want, but it will be the way to you getting something better than you even knew existed. And so That should help you know when it's time to stick to something and when it's time to pivot to something new. Okay, so a quick summary of the three pieces that we went through. The first one is to know when to stick to what you're stuck in. When you're stuck, it's not always time to give up. How do you know when to stick to it? The second piece we talked about was mastering the art of quitting. And we talked about the dip and the gap and how it's worthwhile to learn skills that will be obsolete by the time you know them because often when you get to the end of that line, That's when you're right in the right place to know where to pivot. And the third piece that we talked about was the focus on your locus of control. Focus on 
the things that you can do that really make a difference and know when there's nothing you can do that will move you towards your goal and start putting your ear to the ground to listen out for fresh opportunities because there's always new things and new lines starting up. This episode of Creative Pep Talk was brought to you by the invisible thing, a NIF. A NIF, if you don't know, that's one of uh, these invisible things characters that my wife, Sophie Miller, and I created for our new picture book, Invisible Things. A NIF, we get a lot of questions about this one because we decided to play with and lean into some of Sophie's background. She is British and she comes from the north of England and a NIF is slang there for a bad smell. And so there are lots of invisible smells. One of them is a NIF and a NIF is when you get a whiff of something that doesn't smell too great. And um, <laughs> I, I wanted to highlight NIF in this episode because you got to stay abreast to those niffs when you're standing in line and something starts to smell off and something starts to smell fishy and you've got to notice when, hey, it's uh, the spoils have spoiled and it's going to be time to pivot. So that's, that's a niff. If you don't know, my wife and I, Sophie Miller, have a new book called Invisible Things. It's going to be out July 18th, 2023. If this is before that time, there is a a free poster, a 16 by 20 Invisible Things poster that is only available for free during pre-orders. And you can go to invisiblethings.co. There are several options of where you can buy the book. You can buy the book elsewhere too, but if you submit a receipt to the section of that website where you can submit the receipt to the publisher, they will send you a free poster with your book order. And uh, massive thanks to everybody that has participated in that. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music and soundtrack. Thanks to Connor Jones of Pending Beautiful for editing and sound design. Thanks to Ryan Appleton, Katie Chandler, and Sophie Miller for podcast assistance of all kinds and all sorts. And until we speak again, do whatever you got to do to stay pepped up. Stay pepped up.